All right, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. Uh, joining us now, of course, uh, we love to talk to him about uh, college football. He's a radio host on WFNZ as well as uh, Sirius and XM College Radio uh, and uh, founder of College Football Country is our good friend Josh Parcell. Hey, Josh, how are you? What's going on, fellas? Good to talk to you. Hey, good to talk to you. Just loving it that uh, we're watching college football. We're getting more and more leagues back, and it, it's – I don't know if uh, this football season will ever feel normal, but uh, it, it kind of feels as normal as it can, I guess. I know. I know. It's been so nice just to be able to, to sit down on Saturdays, watch a bunch of games. And, yeah, yeah, it, it's been unusual, right? We, we've had, what, close to 40 games postponed at this point. It's, it's weird, but I give a ton of credit to everybody who's been able to help put this season together get football back on the field, keep the players safe, keep the fans safe, the coaches, all that stuff. It's been uh, it's been awesome to see and we've been watching some great football lately, man. It's been a it's been a blast. A local team that we uh, we watch on a regular basis here has uh, sort of edged its way into the uh, into the rankings. Wanted to get your thoughts on BYU. I mean, they've been so exciting. I mean, from that opening game against Navy, which I didn't see coming, and I don't know how many people did, to what they were able to do last week against a pretty good Houston team, who I know has had one of the most bizarre starts to their season of anybody in this truly bizarre year, but really, really impressed with BYU and Zach Wilson, who's who's playing himself into a conversation as an NFL prospect, right? Not only, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I know that that's definitely something that BYU fans would love to see. Maybe he's a finalist, reminds you of a a Jordan Lynch-type guy at Northern Illinois that uh, comes from a a group of five school and and makes it to New York as a finalist. We've seen that happen in the past. Um, But the fact that he's been able to put together the season like he has had so far is is truly exciting, and uh, I love it for BYU. For another team that wasn't sure if they were going to be able to have a normal season, here they are having a, a heck of a run so far, and I think it's only going to get better from here. From a national perspective, how important is it that BYU beat Boise State coming up in a few weeks? Well, I don't know that it is that important, and, and I, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upset some BYU fans that are listening because ultimately I don't think BYU is going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to come up short in, in that chase. I just Boise State is definitely going to be I would I would imagine the best team that they play all year long I don't think that's going to be enough even if they win convincingly for me to feel comfortable with them getting the bump over you know a a champion from one of the power five leagues uh maybe the Pac-12 but other than that I I don't see it's putting them over the top in that conversation so uh you win that game you're undefeated you're certainly in a new year's six ball at that point assuming we have them (laughs) um but besides that it's an important game but if fans are thinking that that's the game that's going to be their ticket to winning a debate against a, you know, a one-loss Power Five conference champion, I don't think it's going to be enough personally. A lot of BYU fans, I think, would be happy with just the New Year's Six situation, you know, because they know yeah, and, 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 they they know yeah. they know they know this schedule is is uh, compromised, you know, but. They've yeah. never been uh, – it's been a long time. They were in the Cotton Bowl way back in the day, but uh, it's been uh, something they've been waiting to see. Yeah, that's a great point. And, I, I mean, that would be – with everything that they've been through, everything everybody's been through, I mean, that, that would be such a reward for those kids. And, 
you know, UCF a few years ago, they obviously ran the table. They were, they were banging on the table thinking that they deserved a national championship. They deserved a spot at the table. It just, with the schedule that BYU has played, it, it's just going to be really hard to make that argument. There's, there's just not enough substance on that schedule, not enough meat on the bone, even with Houston, even with, you know, Boise State, to, to stack that up against the likes of, you know, a one-loss team from, you know, the SEC, certainly not. The ACC, no. Uh, you know, the Big Ten, no. Maybe the Big 12 if they cannibalize one another, but I think you're looking at two teams from the SEC getting in, maybe even two teams from either the Big Ten or the ACC over an undefeated BYU. Do you think – sorry, Jake, I just wanted to follow up on that. Do you think BYU gets some uh, – I guess the word would be sympathy because the original schedule they had was really quite good and challenging – and uh, right. they scram- they scramble to put this thing together. So do you think they get forgiveness from the pollsters in that regard? I mean, maybe to some extent. I don't think it matters in terms of the playoff or not. Um, it, it ultimately, it's about who you played, who'd you beat, and, and how'd you beat them, right? I mean, it's, what the schedule looked like six months ago doesn't matter uh, now. Uh, it, it, it's unfortunate, but I don't – personally, I wouldn't – really take that into consideration i mean i feel for byu it would have been a very different schedule but they also probably wouldn't be undefeated if they were playing the schedule they had before so kind of comes out in the wash in my opinion um but it doesn't take away from the way they're playing right now i mean they could be playing a tougher schedule and probably still be undefeated or a one-loss team and ranked inside the top 25 maybe even the top 20 because zach wilson and that offense is just that good our friend Josh Parcell with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone with the Big Ten coming back this week. I want to ask you about uh, Jim Harbaugh and uh, the job he's done at Michigan, which has not been a bad job. I mean, Michigan hasn't been bad, but is it safe to say that uh, Michigan has not lived up to expectations under Harbaugh? And what what's his security like there? It's a loaded question, and it's a popular topic <laughs> for uh, for anybody who covers the sport nationally. Because, no, he hasn't lived up to expectation. The expectation at Michigan is beat Ohio State. He hasn't done that. Win the Big Ten East. He hasn't done that. Uh, he hasn't even finished in the top two in the Big Ten East. And they haven't made a college football playoff. That is the bar at Michigan. That is the expectation. Um, but you also have to remember that, you know, his first year at Michigan, or 2016, you know, that team is a half yard away uh, from a bad spot in overtime against Ohio State, from, from winning that game, winning the Big Ten East. And, and I believe they win the, the conference championship and play in the playoffs that year. Ohio State went on to win the national championship. So uh, they were very close to that. And you have to think how differently would we view Jim Harbaugh had they played in the national championship or played in the playoffs that year even. Uh, it, it's a very different conversation, I think. Jim Harbaugh has not only stabilized Michigan, but he's made them a consistent top-ten team. Uh, he just hasn't gotten them over the hump. The issue has been quarterbacks, and, and I don't think that this year is going to be much different. I don't uh, believe that he has truly elite play at that position. And uh, for that reason, I actually think Michigan is a prime candidate to be a disappointment. I actually like Minnesota to beat them this weekend. I, I think the, the Gophers win at home, primetime game against Michigan. It's only a three-point number. I think that Michigan's going to have a tough time this season. And I would not be surprised if Jim Harbaugh starts sniffing around the NFL again at some point. It might not be this offseason, but at some point things run its course, and you just look at Jim Harbaugh's career. He, he's never really lasted anywhere more than five or six years. It's, 
usually he gets tired of them or they get tired of him and, and you move on. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the next year or two. Josh, were you surprised with the way Alabama handled Georgia, outscoring them 21 to zip in the second half? No. No, I wasn't. Uh, I, I actually loved Bama. That was one of my best bets of the week last week. I, I thought they were going to cover that number. It, it was hilarious to me that that line moved when the, the Saban news came out uh, that, that Alabama's a machine. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have Nick Saban, but they could have survived without Nick uh, that night because as good as Georgia's defense is, you can't cover all those guys. You can't cover Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and John Mechie and then also load the box to stop Najee Harris on the ground. That Alabama offense is unreal. And it's scary to think about how good it was last year when, you know, they had a top-five pick at quarterback and it had two other first-rounders at receiver. It's just unreal how much talent they have. I think Alabama is uh, – as good as anybody in the country, I, I didn't understand before the year why it felt like most people assumed Clemson and, and Ohio State were 1-2, and then you had Bama as a really good but but a distant third amongst those three teams. Alabama only got two votes in the AP poll to be the number one team in America before the season. And they were my number one. I think they're more complete than Clemson um, by a nose. So I was not surprised at all. I, I just Stetson Bennett at Georgia is a nice story. He's not ready to, to play in a game like that and to win. And you saw that in the second half with those interceptions. Alabama was, was the far superior team. So, Josh, put yourself in Trevor Lawrence's shoes uh, for a second. Let's just say his great play continues and health and all that, and he's the bona fide uh, automatic number one pick in the NFL draft. And let's pretend for a moment that the Jets don't win a football game for the rest of the year, <laughs> and they are the team making that number one pick. Would you go back to Clemson? Uh, no, I wouldn't, but I get it. I, I, I get the fear of not wanting to go to an organization that is just in shambles. But, you know, while the Jets have a history of 25, 30 years of screwing it up, I, I will say I like Joe Douglas, their GM. Uh, I don't understand why they're keeping Adam Gase around, but you know Gase is going to be gone and, and the Jets will have a new head coach. Um, so if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I go. I, I think there's something to be said for having the attitude that the past is in the past and I can come in and, and I can be the guy who sets the tone for the new era. You know, Joe Burrow basically is doing something similar with Cincinnati uh, where you know they've had a little more success in the last 10 years than the Jets, but not an organization that is accustomed to winning. And Joe Burrow said, I don't care. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be the, the guy who's the face of this turnaround. I think Lawrence has that same sort of attitude and, uh, as, as painful as it is to think about Trevor Lawrence playing for the Jets, uh, I, I would still come out and I would be the number one pick and I would uh, try to prove to everybody that hey, I'm as good as, as you say I am. I'm a transcendent generational quarterback. An attendant question with that, Josh, is what's your feeling on quarterbacks who have established themselves as real talents uh, going ahead and leaving, uh, skipping their senior year to go to the NFL. We were having this conversation about Zach Wilson, who we've already talked about with you, but uh, Jake and I were going back and forth. If he really impresses scouts, should he jump? Is there any scenario in which a quarterback shouldn't do that? I, I don't think so. Um, I, if you believe that you're a first-round pick, you should go. Because if you get drafted in the first round, 
99.9% of the time, your team is going to start you at some point. I mean, they are obligated to give you a chance to be the starting quarterback. You're getting more guaranteed money. Um, and in this business, that is, I mean, that is invaluable to have that kind of guaranteed security coming out of school. I would do that. I mean, you can look at examples in the past of quarterbacks who came back and it was a bad idea. Uh, Matt Barkley, very famous example of that at USC. He would have been a top 10 pick, comes back to school, ends up getting drafted in the fourth round, and, you know, never really had much of a career in the NFL. Um, On the flip side, there's a guy like Joe Burrow who came back for his senior year, was never viewed as a, you know, a a first or a second-round talent, was hardly viewed as a draft pick at all, and then has a heck of a year, his final year, and and turns into a first-rounder. But if you know going into that last year, I'm a first-round pick. I don't understand why you come back. And quite frankly, if if I'm a a rising junior like Trevor Lawrence is, I mean, I get the allure of playing college football. I love it as much as anyone. I don't think Trevor Lawrence should be playing college football. I'd be sitting out right now. One devastating injury could, could change the course of your life. So I applaud him for wanting to play for his team and for his school, but I just think if you have that kind of of talent or or that kind of security that you're going to be drafted that high, personally, I would go. Josh Parcell is with us here on, excuse me, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Back to the Big Ten again. Uh, You think Ohio State is going to be uh, as good as everybody thinks? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I think Ohio State is really, really good. And uh, the Big Ten coming back to play through a complete, monkey wrench into the college football playoff race because if it weren't for them you can go ahead and write clemson alabama into the game on uh january 11th for the national title and forget about it those two teams are so much better than everybody else but ohio state is in that same class i mean obviously it starts with the quarterback justin fields is going to be a top three pick next year he's a tremendous player tremendous athlete what they have at wide receiver with chris Olave. they've got a great offensive line uh, and the running game is going to be really good. They lose J.K. Dobbins, but you know Master Teague is supposedly going to be back healthy. That's a huge uh, bonus, uh, getting him back after an injury scare in the spring. And Trey Sermon transfers from Oklahoma, where he was a, uh, almost a two-time thousand-yard rusher with the Sooners. So they've got plenty of talent on offense. Defensively, they'll, they'll be replacing some key guys. Jeffrey Okuda was the number three pick. Uh, they lost a couple of other top guys on that defense. Obviously, Chase Young being the number two pick. How could I forget about him? But they reload. That's what they do at Ohio State. They'll they'll have plenty of talent. They are the class of the Big Ten. And uh, if you're Clemson or Alabama, you better hope that you're the number one team come December. Because if you're number two, you got a date with the Buckeyes in the semifinals, and that, and that is not going to be a cakewalk. From your seat, Josh, uh, do you or does anybody else on the national level care much about what's happening in the Pac-12? No, not really. Uh, It's just that 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 conference has gone so long now without having a a true national championship contender. I mean, all due respect to Washington and the, the couple of great seasons Chris Peterson put together, never really felt like they were a threat to win at all. And, you know, Larry Scott has just made so many blunders now with, you know, the handling of, you know, the media and the, the television network and just the way that they've branded that league. They, they need a team to step up and truly compete with the, the big boys uh, in December, I think, for, for people to take that conference seriously again. And that's a shame because I say that, and I don't mean to disrespect some of the great programs in that league. The Utah Utes are one of my favorite programs in America. I love Kyle Whittingham and the job that he has done. 
I, I love uh, Mario Cristobal and the job they're doing at Oregon. Um, and I, I think that's a, you know, th- that those are some good programs in that league, but it, the, the gap is getting wider and wider, it feels like, between the schools in the southeast um, who are getting the money from the television networks and, uh, and, and just getting the exposure um, where you're seeing Clemson and Alabama go into California and take kids from modern-day high school and all the big schools in, in California. They're not going east. The Pac-12 is not even keeping kids at home anymore, and that, that's an issue. I mean, I think it's going to be really hard for the Pac-12 to stay relevant unless a team surprises us and competes for a national championship. So the fact that the Pac-12 has uh, the NCAA champion in, uh, I don't know, water polo doesn't really uh, <laughs> spin your beating yeah, much, yeah. Huh? It doesn't. It doesn't move the meter. Um, I, I love water polo. I used to play water polo when I was like 14. It was a lot of fun, but I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's going to be on ESPN or, or ABC at seven o'clock on a Saturday night anytime soon. Josh, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for checking in with us and enjoy the college football weekend. Great to catch up with you guys as well. Take care. Thank you very much. Our friend Josh Parcell, Sirius XM College Football, as well as uh, WFNZ in Charlotte. And he uh, jumps on with us from time to time during the college football season, Gordon, and he's always good. Jake, what do you think, uh, how is he received in the Carolinas when he says that Alabama is clearly ahead of Clemson, I wonder? Uh, I bet they're, they're pretty grumpy. Would, would be my guess. I, I don't I, know. I would guess because he's in North Carolina. Carolina. I don't know Clemson in South Carolina. I maybe maybe he's in the middle of ACC country though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, sure. There, he's he's up north of SEC country. Yeah, I mean the ACC is just a one team league. I mean you, you know you talk about BYU not playing anybody. I mean Clemson, the the resistance in that league is is not terrific at the moment. How you know, come the Wahoo? How come the Wahoos aren't any good this year? Uh, because they have one good year every Hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. To 25 years, so I would not <laughs> expect it to be regular there. That's not the standard. Do you think Bronco, uh, is his uh, is his stability uh, all solid there uh, oh, in yeah. Virginia? Oh, yeah. he's good. Because he did pretty well last year. From what he did last year, man, he's going to have a job there for at least the next 10 years. He could, he could lose every game for the next three years and still have a gig. <laughs> You think so? Really? That's why it's the best. I've told you this. That's why the UVA Wahoo. is the best job in the country because the expectations are so low because <laughs> they've been so bad for so long Wahoo. that you just have to have a half-decent season and you're going to be cashing those checks for a while. And, I'm and, those, checks, and those checks are pretty fat. So. Those checks are, are uh, – Bronco is not complaining. I guarantee you that. Doing all right. Making that ACC money. Did he, ever move out, did he ever move out of that trailer? Yeah, he only yeah. did that while he was building his house. Okay. We'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.